But it wasn't until my district held um, these seminars where they paid $42,000 to a company called Blacksmith, in which we had talks for parents, stakeholders, and children about race and privilege. So that video, which was over an hour, just jarred me to the core. And that's when I started to do my research. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. We are joined today by Scarlett Johnson, who is a parent activist from the Mequon Thienesville area, also a member of No Left Turn and FAIR, basically fighting back against critical race theory. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Scarlett, you've been involved with these organizations and you're trying to have an impact on what it is that our schools are teaching to our children. I'm sure many of our listeners have no idea what critical race theory is. Can you just give us a simple explanation as to what this is? Well, critical race theory is an academic discipline that holds that the United States is a nation founded on white supremacy and oppression, and that these forces are still to the state at the root of our society. Um, they come to the basic conclusion that in order to liberate mankind, society must be fundamentally transformed through moral and economic and political revolution. Um, basically, critical race theory is a lens through which to view the world. Um, and the, this lens was developed by Derek Bell in Harvard, Kimberly Crenshaw in the early 70s. Now, and I know that can sound, you know, like a lot of information at once. So what what uh, parents and stakeholders just need to understand is the, the lens that critical race theorists claim is the one that um, that we as Americans need to use is that everything should be viewed, viewed through the prism of race and that all white people are racist. Racism is systemic. Um, it cannot be absolved. It's there. It's present. Um, and they argue that all white people are racist and they perpetuate systems of white supremacy and systemic racism in all aspects of life. So one of the things that people that believe in this and are espousing this belief is that they believe that racism is institutionalized in the United States. Is that right? Yes, they they believe in race essentialism. That is, um, CRT reduces individuals to um, these categories of blackness and whiteness. And I know this can sound bizarre to the person who, who hasn't heard these terms used as often as I had or read about them in literature. But basically, they openly state that positive traits are attributed to blackness or, I guess, brownness, and negative traits are attributed to whiteness. Um, and they use these categories as labels that erase all individual identities and reduce people to groups. And Kimberly Crenshaw would say, well, there's also intersectional. And so intersex, intersectionalism, which means you can be, you could be part of, um, more than one victim group. And this is essentially like an Olymp, uh, uh, oppression Olympics in which the greatest victim wins. And instead of a focus on excellence and meritocracy, there's a focus on victimization. So one of the terms that they talk about is whiteness. 
And to me, this is an inherently racist statement. You're talking about lumping all different kinds of Caucasian people into one group. And they've really simplified this down to between black people and white people. Obviously, there are other types of people, Asians, uh, Native Americans. Uh, so, so just right there, this seems like a gross oversimplification. But I know from my own family history, my great-great-grandfather was Irish. He came over here before the Civil War. Uh, many of the Irish men that came here were put into the Union and Southern armies and were forced to fight in, in the Civil War. Irish people were denied the right to vote. And so there was a whole struggle for people who were Irish that came to America to reach a place where they could advance within our culture. So to me, to to narrow this down to being just about skin color, I, I think is a gross oversimplification. Many people say that critical race theory is just Marxism repackaged. So the classical Marxism was the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, uh, working class people struggling against uh, the higher classes of people that controlled everything. And so now we're talking about this being about a racial struggle. Do, do you see that? Do you see that CRT is really a repackaging of Marxism? Yes. And to get, to unpack a lot of what you said, to, to start off, it's, it's very jarring to hear the term whiteness. And I've grown accustomed to it as I, I have read as much uh, CRT literature as I can. I've read college textbooks. Now it, it's a field of study at Harvard, um, believe it or not. So um, Cheryl Harris is, is one of the uh, original CRT theorists, and she wrote uh, Whiteness is Property. And she, she writes that, um, that there needs to be um, affirmative action programs or equity programs that equalize um, the races by redistributing power and resources. Um, in, in a race-based way in order to rectify inequities. And she, as well as Ibram X. Kendi, call for the abolishment of capitalism. And critical race theorists, which is, which is, I think, what people really need to understand, and this is, this can be a difficult thing, but that they, they believe that the, um, the enlightenment, of liberalism, um, the neutral principles of constitutional law, these are all inherently racist and must be abolished. And in order to transcend, um, you know, limitations, Marx said in order to transcend uh, a man's station in life, um, that one would have to have a revolution. There needs to be a revolution of the proletariat. Well, that didn't work out so well as hundreds of millions of people have suffered, hundred, over a hundred million have died at the hands of Marxism. And so now we have critical theory, critical race theory, instead of the proletariat and bourgeoisie, now we have identities. Now we have white versus all other identities. And yeah, this is, this is taking, um, a failed uh, philosophy and just repackaging it and selling it and um, encouraging division along race lines um, in, and instead of uh, the class lines. So one of the terms that people are starting here is white privilege, and we are actually hosting the White Privilege Conference here in La Crosse at the La Crosse Center this December 3rd and 4th. And many people in our local education system, K-12, through TC, 
the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse are on the host committee for the White Privilege Conference. So how does white privilege relate to this idea of critical race theory? Well, um, critical race theory states that all white people are racist and they all perpetuate systems of white supremacy and systemic racism. Um, and even small children, even two or three-year-olds cannot escape the label of being a racist if you're if they are a white child. So all people are racist and complicit by virtue of benefiting from privileges that are not something that they can voluntarily renounce. So according to Robin DiAngelo, the author of White Fragility, white identity is inherently racist. They don't white people don't exist outside of the system of white supremacy. And as early as two to three, they start internalizing racist ideas. I mean this is so wrong. This is so racist in and of itself that it's hard to believe that this is a prevailing um, theory and discipline that is not only um, taken over academia, but is now taken over education programs and now being sifted and translated into our kids' K-12 through system in maybe more subtle ways, but this is the message that it, teachers are expected to present to their students if you're white, you are racist. You can never not be racist. You just have to do the work and struggle for all of time. It's a never-ending system. There's no salvation in this religion. There is only perpetual, like, uh, uh, servitude. What was the tipping point for you where you went from being a parent to a parent activist? Well, um, I, I'm i Hispanic. Um, I So I grew up in severe poverty. My mother was very young when she had me. She was 14. Um, and my dad would have gone to jail. He was involved in gangs, except for there happened to be a Marine recruiter uh, the day that he was going to be sentenced, and he had the option of the Marines or jail. Luckily, he chose Marines, and that turned his life around. And so I grew up with a message exactly opposite to the CRT message, which was America was a great country that I could be anything I wanted to be if I was willing to, to just sacrifice and work hard. Meritocracy was valued. Hard work was valued. And while, you know, my dad, my dad said there, there were limitations to what he could do. He did his best for me. The sky was the limit. And thank God I had that value growing up because why I am so passionate about this issue is as I started to see in my own district, small ways that race and identity were seemed to be prioritized. Um, I grew concerned, but it wasn't until my district held um, these seminars where they paid $42,000 to a company called Blacksmith, in which we had talks for parents, stakeholders, and children about race and privilege. That video, which was over an hour, just jarred me to the core. And that's when I started to do my research. When we were recommended to read Pedagogy of the Oppressed, by Paulo Freire, who was an ardent Marxist, who who praised Castro and Mao. So when this book is held up, hey, Mequon Thienso parents, read this. I just was floored. I was shocked. And as I did my research, about the same time I started to listen to James Lindsay, then Chris Rufo comes out, and then suddenly this sort of explodes everywhere. And I still thought, hey, it's not too bad in Wisconsin. And boy, was I wrong. Just so, look at the DPI website. 
Really? So if people want to learn more about this, one of the resources would be to go to the Department of Public Instruction website. That's a Wisconsin state agency. Is is that what you're saying? That's a good place to go learn more? Uh, you can't. I would say you have to learn the language first. And then when you go to the DPI website and you just type in equity and you start going down that rabbit hole, you'll um, if you just if you were to just do that now, you might see things that are concerning and definitely are obvious. But when you truly understand the language and how, see, see, here's the misnomer. They aren't teaching critical race theory to fourth graders. That's, that's where the, it's easy for them to say, we're not teaching critical race theory. Of course we're not. It's an academic discipline. It's, it's a, it's an underlying theory. What they are doing is putting critical race theory into practice. When you hear equity, when you hear diversity and inclusion, when you hear white fragility, white privilege, um, uh, c- culturally relevant teaching, these are all terms that are abundant in CRT literature, in the textbooks, in the teacher trainings. That's a big one. A lot of this comes through in teacher trainings and conferences, which are very difficult. There isn't transparency in Wisconsin. It is very difficult to get these materials. And in my district, we are unable to attain them. And there's actually a lawsuit pending um, to get more information about the way we spend money and about... Who's um, brought that lawsuit? uh, Will, the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty. So if you were going to offer some direction to a parent who's listening to our podcast... How can they learn more about how these ideas are being taught in their local schools, and what would you recommend that they do? I I would recommend that they attend board meetings. That is crucial. Make your presence known, Um, but that you won't get a lot of information there, but, but go there, make your presence known. They know who you are. Speak. What I would do is you have to go to your district website. Just type in some of these keywords equity, social justice, diversity and inclusion. Um, Go to James Lindsay's website, New Discourses. Also, Chris Rufo has a website. But um, the two organizations that I work with, FAIR, the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, fairforall.com, and um, also uh, No Left Turn um, in Education, those websites are abundant with tons of information and local chapters. So there's a lot of um, state chapters, and within the state, there are more and more local chapters. And and try and, and organize and um, find other parents, find other parent groups. That's a good start. Listen to some podcasts and start to learn what critical race theory is and how it looks in practice. We appreciate you giving us a little primer on critical race theory. I, the reason I came to work in La Crosse, Wisconsin was that I was working as a broker representative in Minneapolis. I had two manufacturers reps come to me, ask me for my resume, and tell me that they were going to recommend me to be the person that replaced them. And a couple weeks later, I never heard anything. Come to find out that the reason I never got an opportunity to interview for those jobs was because those positions were set aside to fill federal quotas as part of the EEOC. And so the reason I came to live in La Crosse, Wisconsin, was the next opportunity that came along happened to be here. So I think that there's been a lot of talk about this over the years. People have thought about uh, quotas at colleges and quotas in corporations that do business with the government. 
choosing to advance people exclusively on the basis of their race, to me, this whole idea of critical race theory is just another advancement of what are really bad ideas that go against the fundamental belief that Martin Luther King espoused, which was that people would be judged based on the content of their character. We are unique individuals with self-determination, and we are not just identity groups with some predetermined outcomes. We should be judged by the content of our character, uh, not the color of our skin. Scarlett, thank you so much for joining us today again. Scarlett Johnson, who is a parent activist from the Mequon-Thienesville School District. You may want to follow Fair and No Left Turn for more information. Scarlett Johnson, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. If you have questions or want to comment on the podcast today, you can join the Facebook group Fact Check Wisdom and subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this was another episode of Fact Check. Fact Check.